1: This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers.
0: Welcome to New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Wednesday show for you. Kev O'Neill of the Oddsbreakers Breakers is going to join us. We will talk some NFL week one, Jets, Giants, season outlook. He's got some college football plays for week one as well. So, looking forward to talking to Kev, but we start here. With Major League Baseball, obviously, Mets in action against the Dodgers for Game 2 with DeGrom on the mound. Mets minus 150, total down to 6.5 here at Bett Rivers. Cole on the mound, so good pitchers going for both New York teams. Cole on the mound, minus 200, total 7.5 as Sandoval goes for the Angels. Yankees get back on track. You You kind of go through this yin and yang, this back and forth with the Yankees where they're in good shape to win the division, which they've been the whole time and then they lose a handful of games in a row, and you start to worry. You start to count the games remaining and get a little concerned. But the Yankees, we've thought pretty much this whole time, are in good shape to win this division. Doesn't mean they don't have flaws. They've got plenty of flaws. But they're in good shape. They win last night. Get Cole on the mound tonight. Figure they win tonight and go about their way where win one out of three, two out of three against Tampa. And you'll be good to go here as the games are dwindling down. But the story is the Mets as... It's a tough loss, and boy, tough loss for the over. Should have just isolated my play, and the picks have been good. Finally lose one, so almost a relief to never, never want to lose. It was frustrating to lose. I loved the streak, but it was frustrating because I liked the over because I wanted to go against both starting pitchers, Heaney and Walker. Should have just done the first five innings because it was 3-3 in the fifth inning. Game went way over in the first five. Then the scoring settled down. Dodgers get the late run, win it 4-3. to I really thought Vogel, I thought a couple things. I thought McNeil in the eighth inning tied the game. The ball off the bat looked like it was headed for the seats. He just got under it, and it died right around the track. And then Vogel back. 3-2 count, ninth inning. Nobody out. Jake Reed on the mound who got DFA'd by the Mets last year and by the Dodgers last year. Full count, pitch a little off the plate. He grounds into a double play. I thought Showalter absolutely should have started the runner there, stay out of the double play. Vogelback, I mean, he still hasn't reached first base. Vogelback, we know can't run. So tough one for the Mets. I really thought they had some magic going in the ninth inning once they got the leadoff single. They had chances. Alonzo was up in the fifth inning to do some damage. They just couldn't get the lead after they scored first. And LA came back. Lux had a big night, couple of hits, walk, three RBIs. Tough, tough loss, frustrating loss. The game was there for the taking. Walker wasn't great, but he was good enough to keep you in the game. And just a tough loss. But what softens the blow a little bit, who knows? Maybe some Met fans look at it and say maybe it makes it a little bit more painful. Atlanta loses. Atlanta closed like minus 390 last night. And Atlanta loses. They've killed these bad teams. I thought they'd continue to kill these bad teams. But I did mention, even though I thought Atlanta would definitely win last night, I I did mention, be careful because Atlanta, just psychologically, which is a dangerous game to play, but psychologically, they were down 10.5, cut it to a half. It went from half-game lead up to six-and-a-half. It went from six-and-a-half down to one-and-a-half again. Then the Mets got another game or so advantage back up to three. The Braves have been in constant catch-up mode, having to play 800, 900 baseball, win at eight out of every ten games, nine out of every ten games, just to hang in this race and come back and come back and rally and rally. They lost Saturday in walk-off fashion. They lost Sunday by blowing the game late. I wondered if that, you know what, took a little air out of them where it's like, all right, they're just going to go on a little bit of a cold spell here. And then they lose a bad game last night to Colorado. So, hey, big picture, even though it was a bad loss for the Mets, tough loss for the Mets, not a bad loss because you weren't favored in the game, but big picture, Dodgers are favored in the game last night. So Mets are an underdog. Braves are minus 390 favorites. To walk away from last night not losing any ground, it's a pretty good night. It's a pretty good night because, hey, if you're the Mets, you have the lead. You're up by three games. All you have to do is hold serve. They lose, we lose. You win, we win. As long as you match them, as long as you just put a checker on a checker here, you're going to walk away with a division. So frustrating because it was a winnable game if you're the Mets, and it would have pushed it to four. That's a couple games in a row here where the Mets lose by a run, One nothing on Sunday, 4-3 to three last night. Where it's like, man, if we just won that game, we're up by four. But, hey, Atlanta's losing. So, it's funny. These teams went from July 17th to August 29th, never losing on the same day. And then they've done it twice here, back-to-back games. So, uh, Mets, I would expect them to win tonight. I do like the Mets minus 150 with DeGrom on the mound. You just have to favor DeGrom over Anderson. Big game for DeGrom. And, and big game, you know, I, I know once you clear these games, the, the schedule gets incredibly soft like we've talked about, but big game because, like, at some point here, DeGrom, five innings, five and two-thirds, six innings. At some point, you have to take the training wheels off, give him the ball. I know they've protected him, use the kit gloves. At some point, you have to take the training wheels off because, you know, he's going to have to throw seven, eight innings to win these games. We saw Rodriguez, you can't trust him. Lugo, Adovino, you can't trust. I mean, he, here's what it is. The Mets have three of the five or six best pitchers maybe in the whole sport with... DeGrom, Scherzer, and Diaz. But other than that, you just don't trust the Adovinos, the Lugos, the Jolie Rodriguez. You just don't trust these guys. So the five and two-thirds, five innings, six innings, that's okay against the Rockies. That's okay in August. At some point here, DeGrom, you're going to need to take the, the training wheels off here and have him throw 103 pitches, get you through seven, eight innings, hand the ball to Diaz, and go on your way. So I think the Mets will win tonight. If you get one, you're in good shape, especially with Atlanta losing. Atlanta losing really takes a big sting out of the Mets losing because you're still up three games. And, hey, you just figure out a way to split these two, even if Atlanta beats Colorado too, which who knows, Atlanta's psyche now. Maybe Atlanta goes in a little bit of a tailspin. They're due to cool off. They've been playing so well. You get to the good part of the schedule where you play the Nationals and the Pirates and the Marlins and the Cubs, and the Mets are in good shape here. So, no ground gains no, for the, the Braves. No ground loss for the Mets. Even though it was a tough loss. Hey, you entered the game, entered the day up three. You leave the day up three. So all in all, you can't be too upset here if you're the Mets as they still lead this division by three games. Minus 400 here to win the NL East at Bet Rivers. I wouldn't call it pressure on DeGrom, but at some point, like I said, you got to let this just take the leash off them and, and let them go. Let them go seven, eight innings. I know. Hey, let's be cautious. We want him for October. But this is a situation where, hey, let him go and not finish the game, but seven innings, seven and two-thirds, hand the ball to Diaz and sort of eliminate the middleman, which you don't trust here, for the Mets. So should be fun. That was a great atmosphere last night. Again, I'm surprised he didn't start Escobar just to avoid the double play. I know you're always worried about the strike him out, throw him out double play with Vogel back up there. But, man, once Vogel back hits the ball on the ground, he's just – You're a dead duck. He's a dead duck. It's a double play. It's an automatic double play. And really felt like they had a rally coming. But, hey, the Mets and the Dodgers, there's not that much separating. I know the Dodgers lineup is much better. And the Mets, man, McCann is starting to give you sort of those Jason Bay vibes where he's just a disaster. I was a little surprised he didn't pinch hit for McCann. I know it's pretty early in the game, but you never felt like McCann was going to come through with a base hit there. He strikes out. You can't be shocked he strikes out. But the Mets are good. I think the Mets have much better pitching than the Dodgers. Dodgers obviously have the much better lineup. If these teams meet in October, it will be a great series. Not a good series, and I do think they'll meet in October. And I would pick the Mets as of now just because of DeGrom, Scherzer, Diaz. I don't trust the Dodgers' back of the game in terms of their bullpen. I don't trust their starters, the Tyler Andersons of the world. You know, Kershaw gives you five innings at most. It's not great pitching for the Dodgers. The Mets do have great pitching, so... It was fun last night. Should be fun tonight. And as I keep saying, I hope we get six, seven more of these in October. And I do think we'll they'll meet up in October. And here's the other thing, which we've talked about. The Mets have the easier path because if they get the Cardinals in round one and the Dodgers get Atlanta in round one, the Dodgers can lose. Anybody can lose best of, you know, best of five. But the Dodgers Braves, is, you have to favor the Dodgers who won their 90th game. And when you win 90 games, you have a pretty good season. When you win 90 games and the calendar still says August, it's just incredible. They're now 52 games over 500. But the Dodgers are going to have to deal with Atlanta in round one, most likely. The Mets are going to have to deal with like the Cardinals or the Phillies. That's a much easier matchup. So all this talk about Mets-Dodgers, and I'm guilty of it too. The Mets might not even have to deal with the Dodgers. Mets might get get Atlanta, get whoever in round two. It really would be probably Braves or Dodgers, assuming the Braves beat whoever they play in the first round. But... I don't think whoever let's just say the Braves don't win their first rounder against whoever the Padres or the Brewers which I don't think would happen, the Dodgers would beat that team. But if if it is Braves Dodgers, then I do think the, the the Braves have a chance. I don't think anybody else would have a chance against the Dodgers, but that's still a much better bracket situation here for the Mets. So, can't feel too badly for the Mets. I know you're frustrated. I know you wanted that game. That was a tough one. It was there for the taking. I thought McNeil tied it. I thought Vogelback was going to do something with a man on, nobody out, full count. You figure a walk there, you're you're going to tie the game. A walk there, two on, nobody out, you probably bunt the runners over. Jake Reed on the mound, you can get a fly ball, and then you play for extra innings, or a base hit wins it. So that's a tough one from that perspective. But with Atlanta losing, that really takes the sting out of it. And you sit here and, hey, we're three games up. We got DeGrom going tonight. We got Bassett going tomorrow. If you can ever win both of them, you feel really good going into Labor Day weekend where you're cleared the tough part of their schedule, tough part of your schedule, and it's really downhill from here where it's Pirates, Cubs, Nationals, and it's 105, 106 wins, Atlanta slumping, and you can get to a division title, and not just a division title, but a two seed, which is the sweet spot here where you don't have to deal with the Dodgers or the Braves in the first round, so... Not a great night for the Mets. Frustrating. He could have won the game. It was there for the taking, but a lot of positives to be taken from it, especially because Atlanta lost, and Atlanta has finally, finally cooled off here, losing three games in a row where, man, it seemed like a month, three weeks or so where they just never lost a baseball game. Now they've lost three in a row. A lot of them in tough fashion. To lose to the Rockies 3-2, to two, they had chances late, too, to win their game at Atlanta last night. I think second and third, one out, bottom of the eighth. I was watching the Mets. I, I was Checking the Braves score on my phone. I think they had second and third, one out, down three to two, and, it, and Colorado got out of the inning and then held on to win it three to two. So uh, Atlanta's got a pretty easy schedule the next seven Colorado, Miami, then I think it's Pittsburgh. But after that, their schedule gets pretty tough at the Giants, at the Mariners, the Phillies. So, schedule advantage for the Mets, division lead advantage for the Mets as they still lead by three games and they throw the best pitcher on the planet tomorrow night against the Dodgers, which is just a lot. It's great baseball. DeGrom going against the, the Betts, Turner, Turner, Freeman. That you know combination, that lineup, Muncie, Will Smith, which, I mean, the Dodger lineup, Lux is just relentless. That's a ridiculous team. 52 games over five hundred. To see DeGrom go against this lineup is great baseball. It'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to our next guest. To talk a little nfl kev o'neill how many games will the jets win how many games will the giants win who should you bet week one in those matchups who to bet in college football that is next this is the new york city cast presented by bet river sportsbook kick off football season with bet rivers online sportsbook all season long bet rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football related content check out betrivers.com or download the bet rivers app for the latest odds unique promotions player props and more Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem, call 877 8HOPENY. All right, we are back. New York City cast Bet River Sportsbook, and he is back. It's time to talk some NFL a week or so away from week one, college week one. Nobody better to talk to than our next guest. From the Ozbreakers, it is Kev O'Neal. Kev, what's up, man? Thanks for coming back on.
1: Oh, not much, man. Just uh, getting everything back together. Long weekend in Las Vegas at the Circo. It was wonderful. And uh, I'm back and in, into the swing of things.
0: Yeah, I got back a week and a half ago. I think I'm still recovering. Not that I went crazy. It's just the time difference from east to west. It's just... It's uh, especially in the summer, the heat just beats you down. It's a, uh, it's definitely a long recover when you get back from Vegas, no matter how easy you take it. But here we are. We're right here. College football starts in a couple days, NFL a week or so away. Let's just get right into it with some of these week one lines with the local teams, giants, Titans, week one, Titans are a team. A lot of people are down on giants. We don't know what to expect. Maybe better coach. What do you like here? Giants plus five and a half total 43.
1: You know, this, this, uh, this game is probably one of the more higher variance games, in my opinion. That I'm probably staying away from, but I'm going to tell you why. I mean, this total itself kind of smells. You got a five and a half. This tells me the market doesn't know what to do. Anything between three and a half and six, it, it, it just cho- it, it screams that. And I I can't describe. I mean, from a pure power rating perspective. I have the Titans minus seven, but I can't trust that right now. I mean, the Titans have those issues with the skill positions. You know, uh, Robert Wood's coming off that knee injury. Uh, Traylon Burks might not be ready yet because he missed some of the preseason via injury. We don't even know what he's going to be if he can really even replace A.J. Brown uh, to even like half the level he was, right? Uh, Ryan Tannehill was a little bit disgruntled with that big trade to the Eagles as well. So um, it, it's just hard for me to tell. But on the flip side of things, I kind of like what the Giants have been doing here. You know, I wasn't sure about Dave ball. And just some of what I saw from the preseason kind of looked good. Um, the Giants have some pretty good skill positions. I think Darius Tony should be back, you know. Um, I, I like some of their draft picks there. I thought the Giants and the Jets had wonderful draft picks from New York, and I think a lot of the market thinks that as well. I think maybe they're just a good coach away from making Daniel Jones well uh, do very well. So, you know, the Titans will try to run the ball, but I never liked the Titans as a, in a situation where they're chasing them to, uh, points. And, you know, it, it, this I think either thing could happen. So I think five and a half is probably perfect, and I think it's going to close around that number.
0: Do you think Barkley has anything left?
1: You know, it's so funny. Um, He reminded me of Jonathan Taylor, me being a Badger fan when he came out because I remember he came out the year before Taylor. I'm like, wow, Taylor runs just like this guy. He was fantastic. Um, breakaway speed and everything, those big tree trunk-type legs, right? But yeah. um, it, it, it's just so hard to tell after injury. And I, from some of the flashes I saw it looked good, but <clears> – <throat> I mean, I th- I kind of like the fact that they're a little bit now deeper at running back. It, 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 you can't, as from a fantasy perspective, I personally don't trust Saquon, but he could be uh, with uh, Brian Dayball, maybe uh, a pretty sustainable player. Is he going to catch some passes, you know, like Devin Singletary did on Buffalo last year? That's some things to think about. So um, the jury's also out on him, but I still think uh, there's some gas left in that team.
0: A lot of people who do power rankings said the end of the year, the Giants was their worst rated team. I know Steve Fezzik, who's a friend of the show, said he's never had a team minus 12. He ranks it where zero is an average team, and he had the Giants at minus 12 almost off of his sheet. Remember, they couldn't get hit the ball past midfield pretty much most of these teams. <laughs> was that the same for you, or the Giants just a historically bad team once they lost Jones last year?
1: They were terrible last year, um, and I would have to bring up my power numbers, but, yes, there was a point I had them at the worst. But here's the thing. It, it was also that the team kind of quit towards the end, you know, and and when that happens, you can't bet on that team, no matter how stinky that line looks, you know, and so hard to predict that too because you know you see all of a sudden when the market soils on them, they kind of say, well, we got to get paid next year. That happens too. I, I usually stay away from both sides when when I think a team quits and the market kind of thinks that too, but um, yes, there was a point where the Giants were the worst team on my power ratings, and I think that's where they ended. I have to just pull up my, uh, my copy of them and see where I have them.
0: No, I remember doing the show at the end of last year, and I was like, I don't use the word lock ever, but I think their team total was 10 and a half. I was like, unless they get a special teams or a defensive touchdown, it's a, they're not scoring more than 10 points. And I think that was the Washington game. Maybe they, they had three. It was like, it was a miracle for them to even get in the red zone. It was just so bad. It was unbelievable.
1: Oh, it was terrible. I can't remember if they won a game those last five. Maybe they didn't.
0: No, because they were four and six, and they were, you know, people think of the Giants, and this is the case to make for them this year. People think of the Giants, oh, awful team last year. Correct. They were an Team, but they were four and six when Jones got hurt. And four and six isn't good, but four and six is you know, they beat the Eagles, they won in New Orleans, they were below average. But they were an NFL team the the last seven weeks, they were just not an NFL team.
1: No, they weren't. They weren't. They were a team on the outs, they hated their coach. Uh, everyone knew that he was gone, Gettleman gone. It, It was just too easy to see the demise of the Giants at some point. And so it's one of those situations where you do adjust your power rating and probably bring them down below Jacksonville's level and the Jets and other teams like that. But at the same time, it's really hard to predict if they try one of those last few games. So uh, it's just I I like betting on stuff where I can get a little bit better of a read on personally. But, um, you know, the best thing to do is try to find that team while they're going into that before the market
0: does. If I had to pin you down, and just said, Hey, give me a one word answer here. The Giants win how many games this year?
1: I have six point seven seven. Okay. So I don't know. I know that's not one that's not a whole number, but um let's just round it to seven then let's just say the okay. Giants win seven is that where the isn't that where close the total is anyway
0: yeah there's some uh Bet Rivers has seven and a half but the unders minus 153 so like all the things we talk about hey they'll be better they'll be healthier they'll be better coached yes but it's built in a number I mean expecting this team to walk up to the counter and say hey I'm going to tie up my money until January and my money says the Giants are going to get to eight and nine I agree they're going to be better but that's a tough one for me to make I would still have to lead under seven and a half
1: yeah absolutely um it's just one of those situations where who's going to take the big step back, Dallas or Philly? I would expect that you'd have to have something, one of those teams having some bad luck. And, uh, you know, Washington, very interesting team, and I don't like Carson Wentz much, but at the same time, Rivera's been a good coach in the past. So um, it's that whole NFC East thing where they have an easy schedule yet, um, you're not. You're just not completely sure you want to tie up your money for a long time, just like you said. I agree.
0: Uh, how about the Jets here? Six and a half. I could see this getting to seven, right around that total of 44, as the Ravens are the road favorite. Take it away here, what you like, week one, Jets-Ravens.
1: Oh, well, um, I have a play on this. And just talking about week one in general, these lines have been out for a very long time, you know, and they've been been moved moved with information a little bit. The preseason happenings moved a few of them itself. But
0: it,
1: when it comes to week one, I'm not rushing into stuff that I didn't make unless I'm possibly buying back, trying to get out of the bet. It, it's rare where, unless if it, it's information driven, you get the information first. You can get to make a play and send it out to your members or clients to your place that you're going to find much value when these lines have been sitting around forever. I think the market's pretty right on it, but I took the Ravens minus five and a half. You know I mean? That thing stuck out to me uh, shortly after I took it, it moved right up to six and six and a half. You know, in this situation, I, I, I just don't know a lot about Zach Wilson. I, I know he was hurt for a while. Was he projected to start still?
0: It's interesting because his timeline projects him to come, come back right around uh, week one. But that being said, He doesn't have the reps. This is a younger player who needs the reps, needs the practice time. So to just say, hey, you're ready in day one, your first day back, you're going to go face the Ravens. If he doesn't have the practice time, my guess is they would go with Flacco just because he's a younger player and needs the practice time.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. And if it's Flacco playing, I think that's why you're seeing a little buyback here. But what I will say about the Ravens is they're kind of playing – with a chip on their shoulder this year, it's not often where John Harbaugh has such a bad year. And he's fourth in the whole division here. I could see the uh, Baltimore running powerful now that they have some depth with Davis uh, behind J.K. Dobbins because Dobbins might not even play Week One. And then you have Justice Hill that's been in the program a long time. They have a lot of depth at running back. They should be able to be that power run team. And we'll see if that you know gambling type defense comes through for them. But you know, just looking at this situation. I, this is pretty close to my number. I believe when I made the bet at 5.5, my number was 6.5. So um, right now I'm going to slightly lean the Jets just where it is. But at the same time, I have a number that's not going to be out in the market right now unless something happens with the Ravens or um, or there's a lot of optimism ha- has to come for the Jets for them to go back down to 5.5. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, it's an interesting situation. You look at this Ravens minus 7 over the Jets. You know, what have the Jets done to kind of earn what they're doing over what the Bears are doing? Not, and I, you know I'm low on the Bears. But they're playing this Niners team here. And the Niners are minus seven at the Chicago Bears. But what everyone forgets about is Justin Fields was drafted in the same class as Trey Lance. And Justin Fields was the later pick, the 15th. Lance was second. You don't think Fields knows that coming into this game. You know, he's going to want to have a big game here. And I think with the Niners' offensive line and some of the guys that they just lost, um, I would probably like the Bears at the plus seven more than the Jets at plus seven, just looking at the situation between both teams. So if there's anything that I might consider making, it could be the Bears. But to be honest, if it goes back down to six and a half, I'm not going to cry about it. I'll just stay off the game. If I can get lucky and I get a flat seven or something, I might uh, put a little bit on the Bears.
0: It's just so hard week one because we study, we prepare, we think we know. And especially with these teams not playing in the preseason, more now, more so now than ever, these teams just totally punt on the preseason. So sometimes week one, week two, all of September is a continuation of the preseason. That's the new preseason. So you come in, you think, oh, this team's really good. This team's really bad. And that might end up being the case. But sometimes it doesn't show itself in week one. So week one, I agree, is very tricky.
1: Very tricky, especially this year. It's just so much uh, – so many – bad teams have the home field it's yes this, this this uh week you
0: know very tough to screw situation. us up with survivor they don't want anyone winning survivor they want <laughs> everybody wiped out by week three because they made it very hard because i know like it's an unwritten rule hey don't play a road team which i you know i somewhat believe in but if you're not going to play a road team boy you're going to have to play some ugly team at home and they did not make it easy for you it's a great point
1: Oh, no, they didn't. I mean, you got these two five-and-a-half sitting around. you got the Saints at five-and-a-half against the Falcons, obviously the Titans. I wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams got upset the very week one, right? Even if my power ratings say I like a certain team, I can't completely trust anything on the road in the NFL week one. Now, I think that, you know, the Niners with Trey Lance will be a very good team at the end of the season if he remains healthy, but this is week one, He doesn't have much experience. He didn't look that good last year. Justin Fields had a very good preseason. I think the Bears could be a contrarian play for a lot of of teams this year. Sorry, for a lot of sports bettors this year.
0: If I had to pin you down here, same question with the Jets. The Jets win how many games this year? I'm going to outlaw decimal points, too.
1: (laughs) If I go over five and a half, I'm going to kick myself because I am um, just I just haven't seen yeah. it with the Jets. It's that franchise thing where no matter what they do, they seem to screw up. Wilson is a small dude, and he's not – he just doesn't feel – he feels like a very good college quarterback, but he doesn't feel like he's big enough for the NFL to me. And um, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong here. I don't know if Salas is a real head coach yet. I, I don't – I can't say he is. I almost even like if you want to compare them with the Giants, even though it's Dayball's first year, I almost feel like Dayball might be a little bit more inclined than the offensive now driven league. So I'm going to say five and a half of the Jets.
0: Okay, sounds good. Um, And again, if they win five games or less, five games or fewer, you you pile up a, a four and 13 season for Salah with a five and 12. You start to do the math that's what uh 9 and 25 not a lot of chances get to come back for year three not a co- lot of coaches get to come back for year 3 if they're 9 and 25 after two seasons.
1: That's very true. And all teams in the AFC have that extra away game. Yes. To the NFC. Point. people have to remember that. That's not that doesn't bode quite as well for the Jets either.
0: Yeah, so be careful anyone betting season win totals. Be careful. You always want to prefer to go under than over. under where the value is for a bunch of reasons, especially in the AFC cuz you have that hidden extra game there on the road now if you're in the AFC all the other AFC teams have it so it evens out but in terms of win totals it is uh, it is very important do you have a Super Bowl prediction
1: <laughs> I haven't made any Super Bowl bets for in a long time and it's just usually the market isn't uh, usually the numbers aren't good enough to justify what the true odds are that's why these future bets have such big holds for books um i get a little bit more creative when it comes to that looking at kind of the exotic markets when i'm making future bets in the nfl but if i had to just make a prediction i'm going to actually say the buffalo bills versus the san francisco 49ers um even though i don't love the niners with that number in week one i love the fact that somehow they fixed that relationship with jimmy garoppolo and It's so important to have two quarterbacks, in my opinion, that can take you to the promised land. Jimmy G's already done it for San Fran, and I hate to doubt Kyle Shanahan. He might be completely right about his new quarterback here. And if that's the case, they're going to have a backup quarterback that can get through the playoffs if they get to it with on only one quarterback. So I almost think that gives them a leg up over everyone. I was going, when you uh, asked me about this a few days ago, I was going to say the Vikings, but once that Jimmy Garoppolo news came in, I'm switching it to the Niners.
0: What do you make all this Brady stuff?
1: (sighs) I mean, the same thing happened with Aaron Rodgers almost in a different way last year. And you remember how he was just sulking and skipping preseason and, you know, very angry about the, the, his love being drafted and them not signing a few guys. And then it, it, it's almost like what the ultimate greats don't necessarily need to practice, especially if they're in the same offense as they were the year before. I mean, you still got the same coach, right? LaFleur, I, I think a guy like Rodgers just being in the league so long can pick up where he left off. Now, do I love them for week one because of what he did? no. But, uh, you know, I, maybe Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady just like he has every year. I don't know how the man defies time. And um, I just think that uh, I, I'm not reading into it as much as other people. And um, I, But I, what I do dislike about Tampa is their depth. I think they're very top-heavy, and if they get some injuries, they could be really hurting at some point.
0: Yeah, usually you bet against Tom Brady, it's not usually a good bet. It's a pretty bad bet. It's like betting against LeBron James in basketball. (laughs) The thing is, the people that are going to say, hey, Brady, this is the year he falls off the cliff, eventually they're going to be right. At some point they're going to be right. I just – I'm conditioned to bet on him as opposed to against him. But it has been a strange offseason. Retires, unretires, the coach gets fired or removed up to the front office, however you want to word it. Then he disappears for 10 days. So it's definitely a little strange here. Couple that with the offensive line. Having yep. some injuries, no more Gronk, no more Antonio Brown. Who knows if Gronk comes back? Godwin being hurt. There is that, a, a lot that adds up that might give you cons- some concern. But again, you're betting against Brady. Good luck betting against them.
1: Yeah, and Godwin, maybe they should just bring him back later and, uh, you know, not risk his health in the beginning because they do have Julio Jones. You know, there's still Mike Evans there. You know, Cameron Bray was good for a little while. I, I, I'm not sure what you do, but. Um, they're a team that could pick up people just like the Rams did when they made the run last year with Odell Beckham. And it, it, he got him right to the Super Bowl before he got injured in the Super Bowl. So um, Tampa might be in that position financially. But at the same time, oh, Bruce Arians, you know, you got Todd Bowles going on there and uh, that's completely be completely different. From a numbers perspective, I like the Saints when I took it at the plus 400 because I think there's value there. I think there's better than a 20% chance that he actually does it. So um, or that Saints actually do it and Jameis Winston actually does it, I should say. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if Tampa won it, obviously, with how good Brady's been. But I also wouldn't shock me to see Tom Brady that last year, the Patriots, that kind of fizzled out towards the end. Either can happen.
0: Now, finding value betting the MVP is not easy because Mahomes won it 85 to 1. Lamar won it like 80 to 1. Aaron Rodgers won it in 2020, 30 to 1. And these books are just, look, we're not going to just keep giving away 90 to 1s on NFL MVPs. So they've tightened up all these numbers. So there's not a great betting number. I kind of like Wilson. I know people, people made the case for Lamar at 20 to 1. Anyone you like here for MVP?
1: I made the case at Lamar for, at 20 to 1 just based upon uh, the fourth place schedule. But you can say the same thing for Wilson. But what Wilson doesn't have that Lamar has is a consistent coach. And Lamar's already been in the system a very long time. Wilson hasn't. And so you just don't, there's just a little bit more unknown there. But Lamar at 20 to one, I thought was smart just because the Ravens being, in my, my opinion, the best team, or if, if not the Bengals, it's definitely the Ravens. I think they're very closely power rated. Um, but who's got the fourth place schedule, the Bengals or the Ravens? Well, the Bengals had the first place schedule. The Ravens had the fourth place schedule. That's three games where you're playing at large teams that took fourth place in their division and one of the last places in the whole NFL. That is massive when it comes to how this the NFL turns over every single year. So uh, it's Lamar for me at twenty to one.
0: Before we get you out of here, anything in college? I know not only you're great at the NFL, but you are a college savant. What do you like here? Week one, we got some good matchups. A lot of big spreads, though. You look at Notre Dame, Ohio State. You think, "Oh, that's a great matchup." Georgia, Oregon, that's a great matchup. The lines are like seventeen. The lines are big in a lot of them. What do you like here in terms of college?
1: Well, I wasn't a college savant last week somehow, but hey, it's week zero and trying to. Uh... Thanks a that's lot, a- Charlotte.
0: I, I Charlotte did me and I know the quarterback got hurt. Charlotte was a rough one. Well,
1: New Mexico State plus ten and a half, you know, and by eleven. So just think about that great number. But uh yeah, that's just uh <laughs> how that part of my weekend went. NFL preseason, thank God, finished very strong at eleven and five. But in college, I like Purdue plus three and a half at home against Penn State. Look at it this way. I mean What's Penn State done to be laying over three to a pretty good Purdue team that um surprised some teams last year? You know, the funny thing about Purdue, um, they might have lost Bell, but I believe when they beat Tennessee in that bowl game, both teams game. were both amazing. Amazing bowl game, but both teams were motivated, and Ian O'Connell was fantastic. You look look up the QBR of college quarterbacks last year. You obviously have CJ Stroud one. Uh, Bryce Young, number two. Aiden O'Connell was number five in total college QBR last year. It, Sean Clifford was number 45, you know. so and, and it's not like Clifford's returning a lot. They lost a ton of production. They lost like, safety, a safety at cornerback. Uh, they lost, obviously, Jahan Dotson uh, at receiver. I, I think that Penn State has no business laying over three points in this position. I think Purdue with 90,000 fans – in West Lafayette, it's going to be a very difficult feat for Penn State. I think this is going to be a coin flip game at best.
0: Interesting. Uh, does it bother you at all? And I made this point yesterday on my podcast. I, and I love college football. Everyone loves watching it, loves betting. It. Does it bother you at all that it's the same three or four teams? It's Ohio State. It's Bama. It's Georgia. It's Clemson. It gets a little repetitive. You get in LSU once in a while. You get Notre Dame and Oklahoma sneak in to the playoffs, and they get destroyed. Do you think it's a problem for the sport?
1: Yeah. Well, yes, because – As a fan, I hate it because I'm a Badger fan, and I always would be like the top five or top six. We would never get over the hump, and we never had the recruits to, and it was always just a lot of forces against us when we got to that big game that we needed to win. Um, As a fan, it was always tough, plus uh, having only four teams in the playoffs. If I'm a kid, you know, my first inclination is to get to the NFL. Those are obviously the big teams. My second is to get to the playoffs, and... Uh, when there's only four teams, I'm going to go from Florida to Alabama to do that. But if there's eight or 12 teams in the playoffs, I'll be like, oh, I can do this with the Gators. And my family's so close, they can come see me play. So there's two big reasons to stay when there's l- larger playoffs. So I think it was kind of rigged against us just for how they had the playoff system and so many few teams that actually mattered to get in. So as a fan... I hadn't
0: about that point. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah, th- thank you. But uh, as a fan... Yeah, I want to see more, more playoff teams. That's why March Madness is so great for, for uh, you know, basketball. And um, as a sports better, I don't care as much, to be honest with you, because I'm just looking at numbers anyway. And uh, yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't even think that athletes should even factor in to the line value that you search for.
0: Yeah, it's a good way of putting it because, uh, you know, it's the only it's the only sport where you could be the sixth-ranked team in the country and you're just drawing dead. You're going to get to the conference There There's <laughs> one year where you're A&M. And you're like, oh, they could get in. They're ranked sixth. Yeah, they play Alabama. They're 20-point underdogs. So it's definitely not like the other sports.
1: No, definitely not. Um, but, you know, uh, I think down the, down the road they're going to fix that some. I know there's going to be a lot of realignment coming on, but there's still going to be some uh, – a decent amount of schools, I think that's going to be in the top division here, the top conference, let's just say, the FBS or whatever you want to call it now, that would justify more than four teams in the playoffs. Give us eight, give us 12, but you got to get off the fourth so you can spread the love around the rest of the United
0: States. I have an interesting question for you, and this could be the last one, and it ties into balancing out the sport because I think this will, will balance out the sport. How many more years does Saban coach? Oh, he's 70 now? Is that it? I think he's 72 or 3, which oh. yeah, I was saying, he looks incredible for his you age. Might he really be
1: does. Right. You might be right. Um, I, I think that man is just so set in his ways and set in his love with the sport. You might see another Joe Paterno-type situation where he just goes until he's almost freaking... He's 70. Okay, 70. So very close. Uh, yeah, I just... I can see the man just loves what he does. And it seems like when you get set in your ways and... It's almost like retiring when you're happy. That's hard for people to do. I see saving going five more years at least.
0: Wow. Yeah, he turned 71 on Halloween, so we're both kind of in the ballpark there. I remember a quote. I forget what the show was, but somebody quoted him a while ago where he told a close friend of his, hey, don't let me be Joe Paterno. Don't let me be Bobby Bowden. Do not let me hang on two or three years too long. I'd rather do you know, go do college game day, make a bunch of money. I don't want to go out here where I'm going six and six every year. I want to go out on top. So that's an interesting balance of that. But look, he's, he's not six and six he's winning 11, 12 games every single season. Okay. Well, how about
1: this? When they expand the playoffs to eight to 12 teams is the t- day he leaves as a uh, coach of Alabama.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if he, you know, he'd go and do TV because he's actually pretty good on TV. He's uh he, he's been on that college game day. set said a lot. And he's, he's got interesting things to say. It's fascinating. Five years is uh look at me, it looks pretty good to, to go to 75, 76. That, that'd be interesting. But once he gets out of the, out, out of Bama, that might balance things out where maybe Bama is not Bama anymore. Cause you remember before he got to Bama, they were, you know, some, some teams year they were good. Some years they were okay. They were not Bama though.
1: No, they certainly weren't. But you know, I almost feel like that was thinking back like yesterday, but if you look, what was it? 2006 or something when that happened, I mean, a lot of years ago now, but the man's just been reigning college football forever and, uh, definitely, in my mind, the best coach in college football history. So I think he's already earned that title. Similar to kind of like Belichick with the Patriots. But um, uh, one thing about him is that he smiles a little bit more than Belichick, so maybe he'd be good
0: for college game day. For sure. And he never got the itch to go back to the NFL, which I thought he would. I thought he'd get board-winning titles in Alabama. You know, he got a little taste in the NFL. He wasn't a disaster like people thought. He had one eight-and-eight year. Another year he lost his quarterback Remember, he tried to get Breeze onto the Dolphins. The medical team over, over, you know, overrode it, and he couldn't get him. And he just never got the quarterback. I thought he'd get the itch to go back. He just never did.
1: Yeah, well, why would you? Is what I always say. Um, when you're like getting all the five-star recruits, it's like it's almost like having the first fifteen picks of the draft yourself <laughs> every single year. You know, that's the situation he was in. But he would even grab four-star guys that were probably better than five-star because he just had the great scouts and the great team and the great organization. You know, I mean, why would you ever do that when? Um, It's a shorter season. I know you're still working, let's just say, every single day, but um, you have a massive leg up. You come into the NFL, it corrects itself. You're starting with nothing, and uh, you have to pay players to come, and once they become good, somebody else pays them to take them away. It's not the same situation. So maybe NIL money changes the landscape a little bit, but Bama's going to have just as much money as most of the other big teams anyway.
0: Yeah, and once you get the program rolling, you don't really have to recruit. You just sort of pick what players you want because everybody wants to come to your school. You just wonder, you know, these guys are so competitive. Do they want to say, you know what, I'm as good as that guy. I want to go back to the NFL. But uh, good for him that he's never done it. He's got a good thing rolling with Alabama. And you got a good thing rolling with the Odds Breakers. Let everyone know where they can find you. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, no
1: problem. Yeah, check us out at theoddsbreakers.com. We have just... Lots of talented handicappers. We do college football. We do the NFL. We do, we're doing the WNBA right now. And we always do soccer. We've got pre, uh, Steve Norman does the Premier League uh, all year long, pretty much. I do UFC all year long. But you know what? We have free stuff every single day for people. If they don't want to be a member, they can get the free stuff we do. Um, I tell everybody, every free play you make, you should be betting on. So um, it's, this is stuff we are investing our own personal, hardcore money on. and. Uh, Will, you're a great guest on my show. I'm looking forward to having you on tomorrow. I've been a big fan of the New York City cast ever since its inception. So I want to thank you very much for having me on.
0: All right, Kev, this is a fun discussion. Uh, before you know it, we have actual games to bet on. It, it comes in full swing this weekend. So we'll catch up here down the road. Appreciate it. Check you later. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Kev O'Neill. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll do more baseball, maybe a little more football. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to download, rate, review, and subscribe this is the New York City cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.